When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Thank you, Jonathan. Back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad joining me in studio now. It's official, Judd Gary. Gary. Gary How excited are you? Is the offensive coordinator. I'll tell you the reason it is exciting is because Gary is just great to talk to. Like at the podium, he's just such you know, you're right. an old I'm gonna wily give you this. veteran. I think you're right. And my favorite part of talking with him when he's at the podium is that he gets what you're asking quickly uh-huh. and we'll just start talking once he's got it. He doesn't need you to finish the question. <laughs> Which I is like those guys. super admirable because, you know, sometimes people will ramble a little bit or whatever, and you've got the point, and Gary will just break right in. And then he's got so many, I like that. He's got so many great stories, and he also figures out how to give you something that you were looking for without giving you everything that you want to know. Mm-hmm. So if you were asking him, hey, Gare Bear, how do you feel about... Well, um, I wouldn't call him Gare Bear, but... I, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, how do you feel about... Um, you know, this is just an aside. Yeah. Gary has less gray hair than I do, and he's like 65. And it's one of the things I love about But you Gary. know what? You know <laughs> what Gary is from his time on the farm? He's Robert Redford windswept. He's, he's weather beaten. Yeah, he's got the weathered face, <laughs> the leather deal. Just, Redford's got that going every, for him, too. That's a lot of time him. on a farm. Everything about Gary is just like NFL music behind it. Yeah. Like, Jonathan, can you just play some NFL music while we talk about Gary? Because it's like he's working for the 90s Broncos, the 90s Broncos. Led by John Elway with a new offensive scheme run by Gary Kubiak. And he was Elway's backup quarterback back in the days of neck rolls and big shoulder pads. It's so great. Carrying on the legacy of Bill Walsh's West Coast offense. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I know. Um, You're right. So uh, with, with Kubiak, you don't have to play NFL music the whole time, though it's not a problem if you do. Um, <laughs> the whole show should just be a bed of music. It's what I love about him, though, is that you get the sense from what when he's talking to you. He's just done this so many times at the podium that he's so comfortable with like giving you an idea of what's going on mm-hmm. without insulting anyone or giving up too many details that might be problematic if you put them out there. So a good example is last year when we asked about Irv Smith. Well, how's Irv Smith coming along? We know that the 
tight end position is pretty tough for rookies. And he said, well, you know, he's coming along really well, but he's swimming a little bit, and we're, we're getting him to figure it out and that sort of thing. So it gave you the sense that, yes, Irv Smith is in over his head as a rookie tight end with lots of responsibilities, but they feel like he's handling it pretty well. And that's what came to fruition, was that he grew pretty quickly, and he, and he turned out to be uh, a, a really good, effective contributor in year one for a tight end, which doesn't really happen that often. Mm-hmm. And I believe as far as rookie tight ends, he was the highest rated by pro football focus and among the highest rated, even in blocking of all the rookie tight ends in the NFL. So it's like, yeah, you gave us something to work with something to be able to tell the uh, interested public what's going on with their second round draft pick without insulting anyone. And he just has a great sense for that. Having somebody around who has been through so much in the NFL as Gary, just for me, loving the history of the NFL and all that stuff is sort of fun. Well, think about what Gary's here. Think about what Gary's seen. I know. Just as far as, in fact, I'm I'm going to call up his pro football reference page because if you go back to what Gary has seen and absorbed, it's amazing. It's great. And Zimmer loves this too. So yes. Zimmer loves going and saying, like, tell me a story, Gary. And and, and I can relate to that because I just want him then, to be at the podium telling stories about And then they about conference in Bill Parcells. I know. Bill, it's tell just, us more football stories. So, with I mean, with Gary here, we made the jokes last year about, like, what does Gary do? Like, we don't know. We don't know how he got here, and we don't know what he does. Well, now we do. He's the offensive coordinator. Still don't know exactly how he got here. But uh, having him as your O.C., in the past, has meant really good things for your quarterback. And he comes here this year, and he works with Kevin Stefanski, and Kirk Cousins is his highest PFF grade, his highest quarterback rating, Mm -hmm. tied for his highest yards per attempt, and won a playoff game on a game-winning drive. Mm -hmm. Those were all things that uh, you could look at and say, wow, okay, so Gary Kubiak and Stefanski, but using Kubiak's offense, had a really positive impact on Kirk Cousins. Now, here's what I would love to know is what did Gary learn from Kevin Stefanski about how sort of modern things are done? How much does he want to run the football? Like if Mike Zimmer says to Stefanski, you better run the football. Like he's still sort of talking down to a guy who's younger than him. Right. And as was with Filippo, it was pretty clear that he was willing to say those things out loud, even in the media at times when he didn't like what the offensive coordinator was doing. Well, now it's Gary. So Gary can do what Gary wants, right? He's not going to get any... Right. You know, And Mike didn't say much uh, that that would have crossed Stefanski, I don't think, this past year, too. No, no, no. Because it was Gary. Right. It was Gary saying, hey, this is what we should do. And I right. look, I've continually said this, but I think Kevin deserves credit. Kevin did a very nice job. Oh, definitely. But he also did a very n- nice job of operating within the parameters of a guy who is probably a GOAT coordinator, right? Yeah. Yes, I mean, Gary is definitely. Gary and and um, Cousins's successes probably were uh, spurred on by the fact that he had a guy who understood how probably you can make Kirk as comfortable as possible the majority of the time. Right. And with the bootlegs and the play actions and the rollouts, like they really got it. Like when Sage and I were doing our podcast versions only in 2018, we were watching the tape and going back and saying, 
gosh, why is he just shotgun all the time? Like, this is not what this guy does really well. And he would have his moments, but then he would have other moments where it just wasn't really working for him. And there were far too many interceptions and strip sacks and turnovers. And Kubiak made it very simple for Kirk Cousins. We're trying to take the football and launch it down the field to Stephon Diggs after we fool those pesky linebackers and safeties. And that's our goal, and that's what we're going to do here. And it really worked. He was one of the top deep passers in the NFL, one of the top clean pocket passers in the NFL, like just on and on and on. And rolling him away helped a lot to get him more time to throw the football. He's going to hold on to it either way, so you need to find a way to get him some extra space to throw it with an offensive line that isn't unbelievable. So he took this quarterback who is very talented but has these glaring weaknesses and painted over enough of those weaknesses Mm -hmm. to have a very good season. My question is not so much about whether you could do it again, because I think you can. I think you could be ballpark top 10 offense, probably not number one, probably not number 20. Somewhere in between there, health might make a difference. Who you play will make a difference. Let's say you're 12th. You drop off just a little bit. Since it was a career high, it's hard to repeat. Let's say you're 12th in offense. Mm -hmm. That's going to get you in the conversation for the NFC North, assuming that you have a good defense again and everything else. My question isn't so much about what you can do with Cousins with Gary It's more of, let's say it's not at the podium. Let's say it's at the saloon, and you sit down next to Gary, and he... I love the old saloon. And he orders no ice in his drink. Comes through those swinging gate doors. And I've got my Diet Dr. Pepper, and I'm sipping on it, and I say, Gary, just between you and me. Yeah. You guys, you know, do you want to extend Kirk? Do you, do you, Gary Kubiak, are you going to go into that room when you guys have that big meeting? Yep. And are you going to say... This is my quarterback. This is my guy. I know we can win a Super Bowl with him. Or are you going to say, I turned Jake Plummer into a pretty good quarterback. I turned Brian Greasy into a pretty good quarterback. Joe Flacco had one of his best years ever in 2014 with Kubiak. I turned Matt Schaub into a damn star. No, we don't need to pay $35 million. I got the scheme. I'll put our floor at this. You just give me someone who's a little dynamic, and we can take this offense to the next level and be a legit Super Bowl team. Or does he say, hey, this guy throws the ball down the field. That's what I want. He can execute what I need him to execute, so he's my quarterback. Which way do you think Gary would go? Oh, I think Gary, if if Gary thinks that there is time to do it, would go go door one in a second. I think he would say... My system works. I know it, it works. Um, to your point about what Gary might have learned from Stefanski, here's my question. And, and Sage brought this up in his appearance on the afternoon show last Thursday, and it's a really good one. What is Gary going to learn by studying Kyle Shanahan and that film, too? Because yeah. that's basically his offense, yep. but it's being morphed by, I think, what, what is probably a an, an young offensive genius right now. And so there's things to steal there. But to answer your question, in the saloon with his cowboy hat and and a stick of hay in his mouth, I think Gary <laughs> would pull the cowboy hat down and say, "Listen, partner, I can I can take any quarterback." I, and just because, like building a fence. But but here but here's the other thing that I don't think we talk no enough gloves. about. No gloves. Oh no! Are you kidding? Bare hands to build that. Well, fence. What type of man needs gloves? Yeah, you're right. Um, but the one thing that I don't think that we take this conversation far enough to about the 2019. Vikings and a lot of the success that they had, Gary also made that run game and that zone blocking scheme work yes. with, with an offensive line 
Let's be candid about this. Still was not great. They had a great run package. That right. They, but that's what, but he, yeah. but he did that yep. with some help. My point being is I think Gary thinks his system just works. And I think if he continues to update it, he's probably right. Might not win your Super Bowl, but I think it works. Well, that's another question that I have is how much Gary Kubiak plans to you know, keep it modern. Because I thought that that was the brilliance of last year with Stefanski was Kevin is super detailed and studies everything and knows all the numbers and knows all the other innovative things that other teams are doing. And he implemented a lot of them. I mean, this is a thing where I would see people and it's just a generic sort of random criticism that would say, we need more creativity in this offense. And the thing was that by the numbers, it's one of the most creative offenses in the league. When you look at simply the way they used personnel, if you were going into a game as an opposing defense against the Minnesota Vikings, you had a completely different set of problems than almost any other team caused you by just the way they use personnel alone, which using the fullback, which, of course, Kyle Shanahan does a lot, mm-hmm. using the two tight ends, using three tight ends, using the play action as the highest percentage of anybody except for Baltimore and maybe Kansas City, which, of course, two of the best coaches using play action all the time. So you have a different set of problems just the way they use their personnel than you would have on a week-to-week basis. And a different set of problems in a multifaceted run game, which is exactly what San Francisco has, where it's, yeah, it's the zone stuff, but it's not the Gary Kubiak 99 Broncos just running these zone left, zone right, zone left. Which are fun to watch, by the way. But it's a lot of creativity. It's a lot of power and gap scheme mixed in and and motions and all sorts of things that all the modern teams are using uh, on almost every single play and formationally and everything else and uh, their answers to problems that defenses present. So I thought that the Stefanski-Kubiak relationship was a great one of a younger guy who's dialed in with an older guy whose offense just freaking works no Mm -hmm. matter who is is put into it. Mm -hmm. And part of the question here is how long everybody thinks they're going to work here isn't it absolutely i mean and that's a huge that's huge because if you're told hey you know what you got three four years left right then you might say okay kirk has 2020 and then kirk's gone but if you're told this is all predicated on one thing your success in 2020 then you're like whoa okay changes the, the entire dynamic now if you're gary I don't know how much you care because you know what you do can be successful, right? Yep. So I don't think that that, that you take that as a death now, but I think you're 1,000% right. That's going to influence the conversations and, hey, let's look at 2023 or 2022 right. versus I might be gone by then, so I've got cousins and in Gary's world, I'll make do. When you hire Gary and you've got Zimmer as your head coach, you're all in all the time. So that means that... I think a Cousins extension becomes much more likely. If it was a new coach with a new plan, you might be saying, well, you know, okay, well, let's look at 2022. Let's try to compete. you got a lot of talent on this roster, so let's try to win a division and let's go forward. But let's look at 2021, 2022. Let's try to draft a quarterback to have him develop behind Cousins, hand it over to him. Let's rework the corners. We'll, we'll draft some guys. We'll develop some guys at these different positions and try to retool and reload from what we lost from, obviously, I think Rhodes is gone, but really good chance that Waynes is gone. 
Vaughn, really good chance Alexander, and even Anthony Harris, very possible that he makes 15 mil yeah. on the free agent market and he's just, you know, not coming back here. So you've got to reload. And how about Everson Griffin? If he ends up gone, then you've got to reload that spot as well. So if you were looking at it as let's try to compete and then let's treat the quarterback position like we're reloading for 2021, 2022, you probably would have moved on from Zimmer, right? I mean, wouldn't you have said, let's get. I can't you know, decide coach. on these guys let's, right now. Let's give Stefanski the job and move on from Zimmer. Like, let's get a new general manager but, to. But the Wilfs listen to this, Rick right? so much, and is Rick telling them, hey, I still like Mike? It's so, it's so tricky. Right now, and until we start to see some of the moves that are made to tell who is telling whom what, yeah, and who is convincing whom, and listen, like it or not, unless you've seen something to the contrary in the last six months, it's always been my observation that the Wilfs, Mark and Ziggy, really like Rick, and they really trust yeah, Rick, and Rick is their way. football guy. And so I don't know that Rick is going to say, well, I'm going to fire the coach that I hired to hire Stefanski, and by the way, that is dicey, too. You know, Kevin... I like him, but if he's a head coach in charge of the entire roster, that dynamic changes quickly there. So that's why I think the coming months are are so intriguing to me, because I can't tell who's on what page yet. No, I can't either. And it's very possible that they would go to Gary and Zimmer and Rick and say, look, you guys do what you got to do to make our team a Super Bowl contender. Not a divisional round contender. Not, hey, maybe we'll win the North if the Packers aren't great. Uh, but a legit, we can actually win the Super Bowl. So start there, and we're going to give you all extensions, or Gary gets a couple-year contract, so you feel like you've got some security here. If we dip back down next year, you're not all fired. So you can think in the future. Because I was looking at free agent markets just when I was doing the defensive line and cornerbacks, and... There's money to be spent, but it's always risky when you dip into free agency. We've seen them do this on the offensive line from time to time, where they spend a bunch of money on this guy or that guy, and it's just, you know, well, there's a reason that somebody else right. let him become a free agent. Absolutely. It's, it's been shown that a lot of times the teams that spend the most in free agency, and this isn't always true because the Eagles did this a few years ago with their rookie quarterback contract, mm-hmm. but a lot of times teams that desperately spend to fill a bunch of spots end up overspending, paying for bad contracts, and not fulfilling their expectations. The The prudent move, I think, would be to try to fill those spots with under-the-radar guys and draft picks and development players like Holton Hill, which stardom next year. Yeah, Make him your outside corner. And if it doesn't work out, then you know it's not going to work out. Right. But if it does, then you've got an outside corner who's play. undrafted. Hughes, Absolutely. of course, has to play. Absolutely. And you draft another corner. And but you that draft is, another three technique. But can you go to Mike and say that? Because that's... that's no, been, I don't think my so. My theory has been, what year are they going to go to Mike and say, Mike, you're a defensive savant. Therefore, you're going to lose guys. But you're in a position, and you're good enough defensive coach, and your staff is good enough to develop the guys behind them. Yeah. And that's... Uh, to a certain degree, what I expected after 2018 into 19, right? Anthony Barr's gone, but you can develop guys. And it didn't happen. Griffin comes back. All those guys come back. And so is this the year that that Brzezinski and Spielman go to Mike and say, Mike, we can't afford everybody back? And the other question, too, is, is Brzezinski going to go to these guys and say, I can do a Cousins extension that's going to free up cap space for 2020? Good luck with that. And And I personally would not do that. 
But that is a but if if the plan is all in again to free up cap space, you could do that. Personally, I would not. Yeah, that, you know, that would not be it, my answer. You know what it feels like? It feels like when you are getting ready for Christmas that this has been the Vikings over the last few years, and you're on Amazon, maybe you even have Prime, and you're just buying stuff, and you got your credit card there. Sounds and like it, my wife. Yeah, it is a great day because yep. you know all that stuff's going to come, and the presents come. Boxes start to whatever else accumulate in front of your door, and then the middle of January, you get that bill. And you go, well, okay, what do I do now? And you got to return some stuff. That's how it feels a little bit with this team where they just kept writing the checks or just kept charging it with, okay, Brzezinski will fix this. Brzezinski will fix that. But eventually you get to the point where, yes, you can get under the salary cap, but you can't keep everybody again, even just because of age and performance. You can't keep Xavier Rhodes because of age and performance. And even Everson Griffin, I had a chart in my article about the defensive line. Second half of the season for the second straight year, a pretty big dip off in his pro football focus grades. Like that's in a way the check coming or the bill coming for you is, well, these guys who are superstars are just not in their prime anymore. So you have to do something. It's whether you try to go out and get other free agents in their prime and overpay them, and you get in bidding wars with other teams with every last cent that you have, or if you're going to take the approach of, well, maybe, look, we're going to have to go with those development players, and maybe we're going to have to win some shootouts, which I think that they can with their offense, um, the Kirk Cousins sixty-eight is, to forty. But is the coach willing to mentioned. jettison the guys he he likes? And here, here's my question: I think that he's open to it. At very do least. you do you think Rhodes specifically? Do you think from the head coach to his people, a lesson was learned there? Because you and I watched games in 2018, and we both said, "Oh yep. boy, there's a dip." Yep, we knew and, that was a problem. And it, but that's the Patriots thing: where if they see that, you're done. Yep. 2019, you're playing for Pittsburgh or something. Do you think that that there was a lesson learned there? Because, you know, Rhodes, to me, in 2017 was magnificent. 18, he had one foot on the ground and one off the cliff. And you're thinking to yourself, this is probably a good time to say, love you, but you're gone. Yep. A- and their loyalty brought him back. Is this going to cause a bit of a shift from them philosophically to say, being loyal is a really, really great thing? But you didn't get even close to what you thought you were going to in 2019. And if they had called you in last March and said, Matthew, sit down. What do you think of Rhodes? I think you would have said, I don't think he's worth this now. And I'm talking about a year ago. Yeah. Well, and even, you know, there's another way to look at that, too, is even with Everson Griffin, who was pretty good in the first half of the season, maybe even really good, and played pretty well in the one playoff game against the Saints. What he gave you versus what a combination of Stephen Weatherly, Afadi Adenabo, and, I don't know, Gerald McCoy, which you could have signed in the free agent market, or Indomitian Sue, who you could have signed in the free agent market, or something like that. Like, was that worth it? Or Roger Saffold and put him at left guard. Could you have outbid the Titans who used that offensive line to get themselves to the championship game, in part, and great play by Ryan Tannehill? Or was Barr that good? That's another Bar- question. Yeah, I mean that—that's the thing. Is if they had asked me in March, I would have said I, I'd like to see Golden Tate as the number three receiver here or something. You know that right. there would have been a lot of different approaches just based on positional value. But I think what last off season told us was, at least until then, Mike Zimmer was in charge of the roster. He was given the grocery list, and the front office was getting the groceries for him. 
What I want to know is, is that still the case? If they get together and have all these meetings, who is the one that has the final sign-off? Is it still Mike Zimmer after, I wouldn't say a lot of mistakes were made. Griffin was still good. Kyle Rudolph was solid for the money they gave him and gave them a two-tight-end look, which helped them a lot. So bringing back certain players that Zimmer has always liked wasn't a disaster, but now you got a $15 million cap hit for Anthony Barr that you've got to be looking at going, what the hell do we do with this? And Harris is going to get paid huge, and I don't think that you can afford to pay him. And that's kind of my point, is if you go to Mike Zimmer and say, all right, which which of these guys are getting paid? Is he going to tell you, yeah, you got to bring back Trey Waynes because I can get him to turn his head around on the ball? Or, or you gotta you got to bring back Mackenzie Alexander because I need my nickel corner. Like, these wouldn't be good moves. Right. So... Uh, is he going to love the fact that they drafted and developed these guys and want to keep them and overspend and leave the offense where it is, where you end up 15th in the league in offense? And You know who's not going to like that scenario? And he shouldn't? Gary. Gary. What you have to say is, will Gary go to Mike in the saloon and be like, listen, partner, here's what we're going to do. Gary. We're going to get more offense. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, the biggest Gary Kubiak enthusiast... In the market, Courtney Cronin will be on. And okay. also, Very nice. we will debut Courtney, our draft scout, because she was at the Senior Bowl. Nothing so, more exciting than the Senior Bowl. I know. I tell you what, that's journalism and it's fine. We've got a lot to get into there. So uh, we will have coverage, uh, as always, and whenever they introduce Gary Kubiak, we'll talk about it more. So Purple Daily will catch you tomorrow here on Score North. Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.